Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of What's Up? Wellness from the Third Floor. I'm Josh. I use they, them pronouns. And this week we are going to be discussing sexual health. Let's begin this episode by talking about the most important part of sexual health, consent. Consent is required, preferably verbally, for every sex act. Let's dive in with six sex facts around consent. First, consent must be freely given. Consent is not coerced, nor is it negotiated. If consent is denied after the first inquiry, there should be no attempt to change it. Next, Consent can be revoked at any time. If there is any discomfort or if the want is lost, consent may be taken back by each party involved at any time. This can be accounted for by continually reaffirming consent. Thirdly, consent can be changed. Consent to any sex act can be changed once it has been given. Changes to consent can result in some acts becoming acceptable or not acceptable. Our fourth fact is that consent is at your own pace. You should never rush yourself or others into any sexual act. At any point, either party may ask to slow down or stop, and that must be respected. Next, consent can include safe sex supplies. If safe sex supplies are required by any party to acquire consent, those supplies must be used to maintain consent. If supplies break or are lost, they must be replaced to keep that consent. Now, our final fact about consent is that drugs and alcohol can influence consent. The more intoxicated you are, the less you are able to give consent. Someone who is very drunk or high is not able to give informed consent to any sexual act. By learning more about consent and holding those practices in high value, supports a shift to a safer sex culture. Let's continue this conversation around consent by exploring the PLEASURE acronym. The PLEASURE acronym is a guide for having conversations about sex before the act begins, and is a tool that can often be brought up at the beginning of a sexual or romantic relationship. The P in PLEASURE represents the phrase Pause for presence, power dynamics, and permission. Take a breath. Can those involved say yes or no freely? If yes, seek permission to share your desires. The L in pleasure stands for last time tested. Share when you were tested last, what you were tested for, and your results. Moving on to the E in pleasure, which stands for essentials about me, which can include the language you like to use during sex, what you call your genitals, or what sexual positions or roles you prefer. The A in pleasure stands for address your safer sex needs. 
Share your safer sex protocols, safe words, and whatever needs you have to address your emotional, spiritual, and physical health. The S in pleasure represents the phrase, since my last test. Share any updates regarding sexual mishaps and or risky behavior, such as a condom breaking or missing birth control. Our next letter in the acronym, pleasure, is U, which stands for usually like. Share what you usually enjoy during sex and what you think you may enjoy. The next letter in the pleasure acronym is R, which stands for rather not. Share at least one thing you don't enjoy sexually or activities or body parts that are off limits. The last letter in the pleasure acronym is E, and it stands for inquire. Now is the time to hear about your partner and about how they would fill out the pleasure acronym or how they feel about your responses to it. There's plenty more to add to conversations around sex and consent, but by keeping this information in your mind, you'll be well on your way towards having pleasurable sex for all involved. Now let's talk about contraceptives and barrier methods and how they play into sexual health. Most people readily use condoms to protect against sexually transmitted diseases or infections and unwanted pregnancy. For most people, penetration isn't the only sexual activity they're taking part in. Luckily, barrier methods help provide protection against STDs, STIs, and bacterial infections by reducing and limiting contact with bodily fluids. These sorts of situations can range from oral sex to manual sex, to sharing sex toys with a partner. Regardless of what you do, it's important to know your options and how to protect yourself and your partners from contracting an infection. The internal condom is a soft plastic pouch that goes inside the vagina or anus. It's a great option for STD, STI protection and for those who have a latex allergy. Plus it can be used with an oil-based lube, unlike external condoms. In addition, Internal condoms are 79% to 95% effective at preventing pregnancy. On top of that, many enjoy the internal condom because it can be placed hours before sex, which reduces interruptions. Just make sure that to twist the outer ring of the condom and close it before removing it. External condoms are the most common form of STD and STI protection for penetrative sex and can be used on a penis or sex toy. They're about 85% effective in preventing pregnancy, but their effectiveness can also be increased to 98% when used perfectly. One of the problems with latex condoms is that oil-based lube will damage them, so it is best to keep a water-based lube on hand. The other problem is that external condoms don't cover everything. So any other skin to skin contact that isn't being covered can result in the transmission of viruses and bacteria. Dental dams are the only barrier method that reduces the spread of STDs and STIs and other infections during oral sex with a vulva or anus. To use a dental dam, all you have to do is place it over the genitals and do your thing while your partner or yourself holds the dam in place. This can be made more comfortable by adding some lube to your partner's or yours genitals. Finger cots 
also known as finger condoms, and latex or nitrile gloves are a great way to reduce the risk of STDs or STIs during manual sex. Using a glove or finger caught can also help protect yourself from bacteria or an infection if you have a cut or abrasion on your hand and want to perform manual sex. You can find latex and non-latex finger cots and gloves at most pharmacies and grocery stores, but because they are a type of medical supply, you'll most likely find them in the drugstore aisle. Before we begin discussing birth control, I want to introduce the two hormones that are found in most forms of birth control, progesterone and estrogen. Progestins and estrogens work together to prevent pregnancy by preventing ovulation, which is the release of the egg from the ovaries, and preventing the sperm from entering the uterus by thickening the cervical mucus, making it difficult for the sperm to swim through. While no method of contraception is 100% effective when engaging in activities that can present a risk of pregnancy, have no worries. There are quite a few ways to prevent pregnancies, including using more than one contraceptive at a time. Typically, most people use a spermicide or internal or external condom in conjunction with a hormonal form, but it doesn't have to stop there. Other examples include the pill in the sponge or the diaphragm in the patch. Just make sure to use only one form of hormonal birth control and another form of non-hormonal birth control. An intrauterine device, IUD, is a tiny plastic or copper device inserted into the uterus once and is effective for about three to 10 years depending on which type you use. There are five different types of IUDs, four of which all use progesterone to thicken the cervical mucus and potentially stop ovulation. These IUDs can even make your period lighter or stop it entirely, which is always a plus. The other type of IUD acts in a similar manner as the other IUDs, but instead of using progestin, it is made of copper, which is toxic to sperm. However, this IUG, IUD generally makes a period heavier, heavier because it does not use hormones. The implant is a tiny rod that is inserted under the skin of your underarm, upper arm by a physician. It's a great long-term option that can last up to five years. The implant prevents pregnancy by releasing progestin into your body, which stops ovulation and thickens the cervical mucus. Like the IUD, the implant is one of the most effective forms of birth control because it is an option that requires very little maintenance. The implant can also make your period lighter and stop it altogether. The shot uses progestin to prevent pregnancy, preventing ovulation by thickening, thickening the cervical mucus. The shot must be injected every three months. There is a risk of pregnancy if you miss an injection, but if used as directed, it is a very effective form of birth control. The shot is known to cause some changes in periods, such as more intense bleeding, spotting between periods, or no periods at all. The pill prevents pregnancy through the use of progestin and estrogen in the form of small daily pills. In order for the pill to be highly effective, it needs to be taken every day at the same time. 
The cycle of the pill works in month-long increments, usually with three weeks of hormonal pills and a week of placebo pills. The placebo pills allow you a week to get your period without fluctuating from your daily pill schedule, but you can avoid getting your period altogether and skip the placebo pills by just taking your next cycle of hormonal pills. However, you should talk to your healthcare provider before doing this as there can be side effects. The ring is a small and flexible circle that is placed inside the vagina. The ring should be worn for up to three weeks consecutively and then taken out for one week. The ring can be removed for up to three hours, for example, during intercourse, and then washed off and reinserted. Placement isn't especially important, and in general, you shouldn't be able to feel the ring during your daily activities. The ring is about 91% effective and works by releasing protestin and estrogen into your body. The sponge is a great option for those who want a form of birth control that does not require a prescription. Unlike many other forms, the sponge can be found over the counter at most pharmacies and drugstores. Essentially, the sponge covers your cervix and blocks sperm from entering your uterus. Unfortunately, it's only about 67 to 88% effective and works best in tandem with spermicide to prevent pregnancy. The sponge can be inserted 24 hours before sex, which is great, but must be left in for six hours after the last time you have sex to allow for the spermicide to work its magic. Just remember, sponges are not reusable and must be replaced after 30 total hours of use. The diaphragm is a shallow cup of soft silicone that is inserted in your vagina and placed over your cervix. It has to be fitted by a provider and requires a prescription. A little bit like the sponge, the diaphragm works best when used with spermicide. It can be inserted up to two hours before its sex needs to be left in place for at least six hours after sex, but should not be left in for more than 24 hours. Like most forms of birth control, its effectiveness drops significantly to only 88% if not used perfectly. If properly cared for, the diaphragm will last up to two years before it needs to be replaced. The emergency contraceptive pill is a way to protect against pregnancy after unprotected sex. Emergency contraception works best if taken as soon as possible. The two main options are Plan B and Ella. Plan B is over-the-counter and does not need a prescription, while Ella does require one. Similar to most forms of contraception, the emergency contraception pill works to prevent ovulation, fertilization of the egg, and or prevent the egg from attaching to the uterus. The emergency contraception pill can be used as much as needed, but doesn't prevent pregnancy as well as other forms, is expensive to rely on solely, and can have temporary side effects. Be sure to talk to your clinician about which option is advised for you and about potential side effects. Let's move on to how COVID-19 impacts our sexual health. The topic of sex, particularly sex with new partners, is an ever-evolving challenge as COVID-19 continues to impact our lives. 
Research is constantly being conducted and new information is being regularly released. That being said, please double check all of the information that I will be sharing as it was last updated September 5th, 2020. The San Francisco Department of Public Health has put out a tip sheet for safer sex during the COVID-19 pandemic that is packed with information that I'm going to touch upon so that we can stay as safe and as healthy as possible during these unprecedented times. Let's walk through five of these useful tips. The first tip is about looking good. Just like with other diseases, you can't tell what's up just by looking at someone, no matter how fine they look. People who feel fine can still spread COVID-19. They may never have symptoms, or they may be spreading the virus and get symptoms in a couple more days. Even if you or your partner or partners don't feel sick or have mild symptoms, you may unintentionally transmit the virus to others. Moving on, quicker can be better. The longer we are within six feet of someone, the greater the risk of spreading COVID-19. All sex qualifies as close contact, and it's important to know that if you are just sitting near or standing within six feet of someone with COVID-19 for 15 minutes, that also means you have had a high-risk exposure and would count as a close contact. Both time and distance are important factors here. Our next tip is people are not positive or negative. Tests are. We know from other pandemics that it is important not to stigmatize people who are infected or who test positive. When it comes to COVID-19, we are all in this together. Moving on, negotiating your way changes midstream. Negotiating around sex and desire is a lifelong skill for most people. One way to stay safer is to plan ahead for moments when you might feel unsafe maybe because your partner's actions change. Do you think you can stop the moment and discuss? What words might feel right for you to use? Planning for these moments in advance can help you navigate them better. Our last tip that we're gonna discuss is more people, more risk. Some guidelines and sexual health experts have suggested finding a sex buddy as a way of reducing the risk of getting COVID-19. The fewer people we are exposed to, the lower the risk. Just like we have all learned with sexually transmitted infections, you share the risk of the person you are close to and of all the people that person was close to. Keeping your partners to a small stable group could reduce your risk. Integrating these tips and other tips included in this document can boost your safety during sex when it comes to COVID-19. I am including the entire document in the description of this episode so y'all can read every tip included. I really hope this episode has provided each of you with useful information that can be integrated into your life. Take care of yourselves out there. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you on our next episode, which will be posted every Friday this term. While PSU has gone remote for the time being, we wanted to let you know that Shaq is still here for you. We are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. 
Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday or you can download the Campus Well app. You can also check out the virtual Mind Spa experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including website links in the episode description. We also have a Google form that you can complete with any questions about health, shack, or anything we discuss in the podcast. You can find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening, and take care.